Drop Dead Alive, setting your promise-given agenda for 2023 on episode number 231 of the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Drop Dead Alive in 2023. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. That's me, Dr. Brad Miller from drbradmiller.com. A pleasure and a privilege to have you to join me as we talk a little bit about the transition into the year 2023. A lot of people talk about uh, resolutions and goal setting and new directions as they, we prepare for the new year. I'm coming to you today on the December 29th, 2022, from the loft offices outside of beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. And I just got a few things I want to share with you today that's on my heart. Uh, last week on our Christmas episode, we talked about defining moments, and I shared with you a couple of defining moments regarding my health and my future, and some things I want to share about how to set your agenda in the way that I like to do it, called the Axe Button plan to help you to set an agenda, set your promise direction for 2023. And one of the things that happened may have slipped by you perhaps, but not for me. It caught my attention. On December the 20th, 2022, there is an item that came out in the news that really caught my attention. When I was growing up, I'm 64 years old, and my one of my football teams was when I was uh, growing up in my teenage years, and uh, that it was one of my favorites was the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the 70s, when I was in the school, they were the team, world champions on several occasions. They were in the Super Bowl many times. They won like four or five Super Bowls in the 70s. One of my favorite players that they had back then was a guy named Franco Harris. And this past week, in fact, this past weekend, they were celebrating on one of the football games, one of the broadcasts of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the uh, play they call the Immaculate Reception, which happened 50 years ago uh, this week, which is where Franco Harris played running back, caught this amazing pass on his shoot tops that was tipped by another player, and he ran in for a touchdown, and it started this series of winning events for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that was an amazing thing. And he died this past week at age 72. I want to share with you two things about Franco Harris that are important to Mary, important to me, as we dive into this whole area of transitions and living a full life. One of the reasons that Franco Harris has a meaningfulness to my life is that is an obscure thing that most people would not pay attention to. But if you were in my particular circumstance in 1977 and 78, then you would remember Franco Harris and the Pittsburgh Steelers for an in interesting reason. They'd won the Super Bowl. They were world champions and so on. But in December of 1977, at the school I went to, University of Evansville in Indiana, we had a terrible tragedy where a plane crashed, which had our entire uh, University of Evansville Purple Aces basketball team on board, and they all died. They all perished on December 13th, 1977. And some of those guys, I was 19 years old at the time. They were classmates of mine at a small college. One of the guys had gone to my same high school, a guy named Tony. And it was 
devastating to deal with for me and for my classmates and for all the people of that community to deal with incredible tragedy of death of young people at such a young age. Of course, at age 19, you feel pretty invincible, as I did. But what happened when I, the relationship with Franco Harris and the Steelers is that after this terrible tragedy in February of 1978, the Pittsburgh Steelers basketball team came to Evansville. And this is just, you know, not too long after the Super Bowl. They came to Evansville and they played a charity basketball game. The players did uh, against some alumni of the college to raise some money for all the expenses and all the tragedy of the moment. And Franco Harris was there and I sat uh, near the front row and watched him uh, and his teammates. And he was the center of attention because he was the star of the team. And I'm so appreciative that they came to my little university in my little in our little town to help us out and to be there for us in our hour of need. And I always will be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan uh, because of that for for many reasons, but that's one of them. And he was definitely the you know the star of everything back then. Fast forward to what happened this recently. Well, they were doing special reports about Franco Harris uh, getting ready for the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Some uh, film crews were doing a report of what Franco Harris did that week. On the day he died. He had made the, the, the during the day before he died that night on December twentieth. He did a public appearance at uh, some shopping mall or something there in Pittsburgh, and it showed Franco Harris having a good time with young people, signing autographs, cutting up with little kids, taking pictures, engaged. In fact, his wife was with him, was trying to pull him along, get away, but he really was engaged with the people around him, and he loved it. You could tell he was loving it. He was loving. The intention, but he was also loving getting me back to the community, and he was loving living life. He was fully alive. You hear me in that? Fully alive. On the day he died. He died that night, and then he was celebrated a couple of days later with all the accolades around the uh, whole country, really, but uh, especially football fans, about the Immaculate Reception and so on. And I'm always thankful about... What he offered to me and my classmates and others back in 1978, but also what he offered to those kids in some mall in Pittsburgh in the, the day he died. He lived a life fully alive. In other words, he dropped dead fully alive. And I love that. Reminds me a little bit, of, I'll speak more about him in the future, but a good friend of mine named Bob who was a missionary. I'm a pastor by profession. One of my buddies was a missionary in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And one of the many things he did there is he rode his bicycle, and he brought bicycles to the villagers there in the various places he went. He rode his bicycle across the Congo, thousands of miles to various places, his bicycle. And he dealt with malaria, and he dealt with civil wars and all kinds of stuff. He retired, and a year or so after he retired in his in his hometown, not too far away from where I live, doing what he loved to do. He was a was a uh, just a fully engaged cyclist. He loved he'd cycle hundreds of miles uh, every summer and all year round, really. But on his bicycle, he had a massive heart attack and died. And he died doing what he loved doing. He was even though it was a tragic loss, of course. He died doing what he loved doing, serving other people, and on his bicycle. In the saddle, so to speak. So I want to talk to you a little bit today about my life and some things going on with me and what they have impact for you moving forward. And how you too, as you prepare and get ready for 2023, can live life fully alive till the very end 
and drop dead alive. One of my uh, key Bible verses that I love to kind of base my life on is John 10, 10, and that goes that uh, I came, Jesus said he came that you might life to the fullest or life abundant. But thinking about that verse a lot, a lot of things about in my life, about how can I change in order to be fully alive. Around the New Year's time, think about what kind of changes can we do to be better. Do we think about resolutions and goal setting and things that we can do or losing weight or you know being better husband or a better uh, spouse or better parent or whatever it would be or to make more money or whatever the case w- would be we want to get things better and to get things better we 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 have to change i was interested to see that uh, google every year they put out video called the year in search and the year in search kind of lays out what google saw were some of the the greatest search terms, the most search terms that they have. They have all these different categories, of course, but the overall theme of the year. And it was interesting, back in 21, the, the main key search term was how can I heal coming out of, out of COVID and so on. And this year of 2022, their key search term that Google have, and they have a great video on up at links in the show notes for this, are how can I change? How can I change? And I've been thinking about that a lot because last week, some of you may have listened to my special Christmas episode. I talked about defining moments and how there's certain events that happen to us. And certainly here on the Beyond Adversity podcast, we talk about adversity. We talk about events that happen to all of us that change us or force us to change or they impact us. And we choose then how to react to them. We, we like to talk about the five D's of adversity. They are depression, anything to do with our mental health, a divorce, anything to have to do with our relationships, disease, health-related matters, debt, financial matters, and then the death, end-of-life matters. And we talk about those a lot and then how you get through those. In fact, our theme here on Beyond Adversity is we like to help you to grow through what you go through in order to overcome adversity to achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. But there are events that happen to us that kind of wake us up and give us a different perspective. And I mentioned to you in the Christmas episode, a Christmas is kind of a defining moment, you know, between before Christ and after Christ and winter solstice, meaning the, long, the, 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 the longest night to begin the, the season of light and decision-making that, that we make. And I had a defining moment for me recently. I'll mention a couple. I mentioned to you in our last episode that I had a diagnosis, which was confirmed just two days ago, that I have cancer, and it's a malignant cancer. And then I also have the complication of heart disease that goes with that. That got my attention, as you might expect. My own health is suddenly come front and center with me. I'm going to talk about that and how that's changing my perspective of what I'm about moving forward. But I also thought about this in the context of Christmas time celebrations with family. One of the things with Christmas time celebrations means for me is getting together with my three adult children and my two grandchildren. And just a great family celebration, of course. One part of the Christmas celebration when my one son was home from Oregon for uh, several days, we took him out with my two grandchildren who are ages, my granddaughters who are ages five and two. So it was a great day with my wife and my adult son uh, and my two granddaughters who are from my adult daughter. We went out bowling and did an arcade and went to McDonald's, do stuff you do 
for five-year-olds and two-year-olds, giggly little girls who had a great, great time. But here's what I noticed here and what cut me to thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about here today. I'm watching them, watching my two granddaughters, five and two, just vivacious little girls, having a great time. And I'm looking at their faces, where they're giggling and laughing and talking to Grandpa and Grandma and Uncle, bowling and having fun in the arcade and French fries and McDonald's the whole bit. I'm looking at their faces, and I'm trying to imagine, what are these little girls going to look like when they're 18, 19, 20, into their 20s, when they're making, when they're having those decisions in their life, those adult-type decisions, those defining moments in their life of graduating from high school and going to prom and get married and babies, whatever it will, will be, whatever it will be. I try to imagine seeing their faces as young women. And I was forming that image in my mind, that image in my mind. I'm thinking, man, that's going to be awesome. And how I really, really, really want to be there and be a part of that. In order to be a part of that, I've got to be alive. In order to be a part of that, I not only want to be alive, but I don't want to be just existing. I want to be alive. So I want to take a cue in my life from people like Franco Harris and my friend Bob, who lived their life fully until they were dead. So that's why I'm kind of theming this talk here today and a lot of what MIMO is going to be all about in 2023 with what I'm calling the phrase, drop dead alive. If you think about it, who in your life really wants to die at the end of your life lingering a long, lingering illness or something like that? Now, we don't want to die. Most, most people don't want to die by tragic accident or at a young age. Most of us like to live to a good age and be vibrant and vigorous till, till the day we die. That's what I want to do. And I particularly am motivated then by my relationship to my granddaughters and my adult children and by you. Because I just feel a compulsion here in 2023 to serve you, the listeners of the Beyond Adversity podcast and the people who consume my content and who think I have something to say. Because I do. I do. I come to you from a background in ministry, 42 years in pastoral ministry, where I dealt with people in all kinds of circumstances, diseases, and all the other things I've talked about here. And I dealt from a pastoral perspective, and that's important. And I love being a part of people's lives in transformative, transitional times, in those tough times. I feel privileged when I'm there. And I would be privileged to be part of your life and some of the transitions in your life because I think that I can be helpful. I cared so much about it that I went on this whole area of transformation and change that takes place. I went and got a doctoral degree in transformational leadership which uh, helps me. That's what my doctorate is in, transformational leadership. It's called the Doctor of Ministry. And using that background and that teaching and that leading, I think has been helpful to me in working with people individually and coaching and other things like that in the past. But I feel the need then to share more of that with you, including my own processes that I go through to help me now to deal with my new defining moments that are helping me to rethink my direction and purpose and, and my promises moving forward. So let's talk about that. Very common in December of every year for this kind of thing to happen, for you to hear lots of things on television and books and on podcasts and on YouTube channels about, okay, what's your goals? What are your resolutions 
for 2023. And we also hear some of the things that put the damper on all that about, hey, all your resolutions will be broken by the time February rolls around. They'll all be they'll all be broken. And it's kind of depressing in a lot of ways. But I want to talk to you about the process that I use to help me, to help me a little bit in this defining moment for me moving forward. And I think it might be helpful to you. And as a part of the teaching that I do here on Beyond Adversity, that I think may be helpful for you. We're going to take those defining moments and use those. I talked about some of my health issues. For you, it might be a marital issue. It might be something to do with the death of a loved one. It might be to do with a new job situation. Whatever it is, we've got to take those defining moments or those things we want to change about ourselves. Remember, 2023, according to Google, is the year of change. So let's talk about that. you got to want to change. So you got to understand what you want. So I'm going to share with you now what I use is make a list of what I want and need moving forward, apply a process to it to help me refine and define and to gain clarity about what I really want to actually do, actually do. I call it the big button acts method, A-C-T-S, the big button acts method. First thing you do, and but it's just to make a list of all the things that you want, okay? I'm going to suggest 50 Put 50 things on a list. Everything you want. This could be health goals. It could be financial goals. It could be work-related uh, things that you want in your life. It could be all those things that, that you want in your life. They can be big. It could be uh, big hags, big, hairy, audacious goals. They should be things that have meaningfulness to you, whatever it is. Make a long list. And this is kind of your starting point. We'll define those down a little bit and maybe categorize them. I'm going to encourage you to categorize them in like financial goals, and to emotional, you know, spiritual goals, uh, mental related or cognitive goals, or writing or relationship goals with your spouse or your kids, uh, career goals. And you might want to put them out that way, put them out that way. But I'm really gonna, not going to talk to you about goal setting here so much. I really want you to categorize. I want you to think of this more about you. What do you want to see happen? Okay. What do you, you want to see happen in your life? But you got to write them down. And you write them down on a piece of paper or line it out, categorize it however you want to. There are several categories. I'd say there's at least four categories you want. Write them down. And then let's talk about how to look at it here now. Many people would say at this point, okay, now you've got to put your resolution together for the new year about what you're going to do about these the set of wants and needs i'm not the biggest believer in that word resolution to me resolution is kind of set up for failure type of word brings kind of a pressure or an order type of uh, vibe to it there is a in legalese and there's a be it resolved that such and such and such and such and such this will happen it's an order it's a decree to me that kind of sets things up for failure because as we know new year's resolutions are often not resolved because of that pressure I believe there because what's involved with that is guilt and failure and we don't want to go through that that cycle of guilt and failure every January February I've lost the same five pounds for 30 years but then I gain it back before too long join the gym whatever it is then you when you break the resolution you go into a cycle of guilt and failure and it's a setup for failure. I'm not big on that word. However, I would say that the application of decision-making and be have a personal resolve to do things is important. It's a part of the process, but it's not the whole thing. If you set yourself up with resolutions, 
it's kind of a recipe for, for failure. There's also the word goals. A lot of people say, hey, this is a great time for goal setting. A goal setting. And I do believe in that. As I mentioned that, you want to write down 50 or so things that you want and need, and they can be goals in your life. And a goal is an accomplishment of a desired outcome. You know, in a football game, we talked about football earlier, you have the goal of getting the football across the goal line, and you've accomplished that, and you have the goal of having more points at the end of the game than than the other team. And yet a goal is a finite accomplishment, and I, we believe I, uh, we've got to string along a lot of finite accomplishments, and it's time-bound, and that's good, but the emotion that I feel with goals is kind of a temporary thing. It is a uh, part of the overall process. The temptation, ah, I hate to say this because I'm just really speaking to myself, is after you achieve the goal is to relax, to let up because I've achieved it. Oh, I'm there. I remember uh, several years ago, I lost about 50 pounds and I got my weight, just my certain goal, which was to be under 200 pounds. And I got to 199 and I thought, I'm there. I'm there. But guess what? <laughs> it just was a matter of days for ticked right back over 200. And to be honest with you, I've gained a, a lot more than that since then. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've achieved a goal and relaxed too much. Or maybe you heard about, you know, maybe a sports team that has achieved their goal of getting a big lead on a team. And then the other team, then they relax and the other team comes back. Happened to my team, the Colts, a couple weeks ago. They lost. They got a 33-point lead and lost the game in overtime. I'm still, I can't believe that happened. And so that's what happens with goals. Now, you got to have goals. Don't get me wrong. But it's a part of the process. It's not the complete thing because a goal is a finite thing to do. I want to talk to you about promise. I want to talk to you about how we need to have resolution and goals as a part of a part of making a promise and living with the promise. Because to me, when you make a promise to yourself or to another person, that is a source of satisfaction and contentment because when you keep the promise... You are not only doing something for you, you're doing something for someone else. It's the emotional covenant, the emotional relationship between you and another person, which is, which is important here. One of, the ways was the, one of the ways that promises comes into play, when people get married, they make a promise to each other to live in this relationship. It's a mutual choice. Or we talk in the, in, the, in the spiritual realm, in the religious world, about a covenant between God and people. You know, Moses talked about it. Jesus talked about that. Other religion, religious traditions talk about the covenant between the spiritual realm and the, and, the, and the mortal realm. And that is a place of mutual contentment and satisfaction and feeding of one another, which makes all the difference. This is an emotional Connection, and I would call it a directional change in your life. It means you change your direction from wherever you're going, and because you make a new promise or a promise moving forward, it changes your direction, and you keep going, and you grow in this process. It's a growing process. It's a dynamic, you know, an organic type of process. The idea here, friends, is to use things like resolutions and commitments, goals, but to really live 
out of your promise. And I want to make a few promises to myself and to you for 2023. And to tell you the process where I teach you how you can have a promised life, a directional life moving forward, and how you can do it. Call it the Big Button Acts process. Big Button Acts process. This is kind of a personality-driven thing, so let's get into it right now. What I mean by that, you've, you know, many of you are familiar with personality exams. You know, you got the uh, MMPI, and you've got Myers-Briggs, and DISC process to help test your personality. And those are all helpful things. I've probably taken all of them multiple times. But I'm going to try to simplify the process of understanding your personality and my personality out of relation with others, and it helps you to help you make some decision-making. It's basic on, uh, based on the three processes that we have in our personalities, and that's the cognitive, what we do with our mind, that's the emotional or the affective, what are we feeling, and then there is the behavior, how we act, and how those things then affect how we are going to act, have action. Here's how it goes. You might want to write these down. I'm going to put some notes in our show notes at drbradmiller.com uh, slash uh, uh, 231 that you may want to take a look at those there. But the idea is here is we take one of those things that is on your list there, the things that you want. And I think you can go through this process This process I'm going to describe to you through just about anything you want to put there. But let's say take your top thing, 10, top 5 to 10 things that you want to accomplish and you apply this process and see how it goes. It's a basically a four-question process. And if you remember these four questions that I'm going to give you in a moment here and apply the process here, it's going to be helpful to you. It really is. It really is. Here's the questions that you need to ask yourself. Let's just take, let's take your issue, your defining, your defining moment issue, you know, your, your thing that you want. Now I'm going to use myself as the guinea pig here because that's what I want to do. I've mentioned to you that I've had this matter that's come up with a diagnosis of, of malignant cancer and heart disease, and that's on my mind a lot. What am I going to do about it? The question I'm going to ask myself, the cognitive question, is this. What do I want? What I want, that's the question. Question number one is, what do I want? What I really want. And my answer is, I want good health. Okay? The second question is, my, my answer is, I want good health. You know, I want to overcome this disease. The second question is, how do I feel about it? How do you feel about your issue? How do I feel about being in good health? Well, I feel my emotional part of this, my emotional part of this is I just don't feel very healthy right now. I feel a little bit defeated by the situation that I'm in. So that's the emotional piece. What do I want? is the cognitive piece, how the emotional or affective piece is how do I feel? My answer is I don't want good health, and I don't feel very healthy. I feel defeated. And the third question is, what are you doing about it right now? What are you doing right about it right now? My answer to that is I'm going to the doctors, and I'm assessing where I'm at. Okay? That's the three questions that we ask to ask ourselves. What do you want? How do you feel? What are you doing? Okay, now the key to this process here, friends, is repetition of those three questions, of those three questions. 
And it's important. This is an important part of the process. You have to give yourself a different answer every time you ask the question. Okay? So let's do that process here with myself. What do I want? What I want is to resolve my cancer and heart disease issues. How do I feel about that? I feel a little guilty and depressed that I let my health go to this point and I let it get a hold, get ahead of me for several years now. What am I doing about it? I've been walking and going to the gym three times a week, but I've not been watching my diet very well. So did you hear that, friends? I gave a different answer. That's so important. You must give a different answer because it's kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion. You go a little deeper here every time. And you've got to do this process at least three times and probably, to be honest with you, more than that. Probably about five to eight times to really get deep, deep, deep into where you're at in this. So let's do it one more time. And I got to give myself a different answer then. So what do I want? You know, I originally said I want good health, but my what do I really want? And my third answer is I want to see my granddaughters graduate and get married and have children and to live alive at their life with have some energy. I want to see that. That's what I want. How do I feel about it? How do I feel about it? I feel motivated and energized by visualizing hugging my granddaughters at these defining young adult moments of their life. Graduation, marriage, children, things like that. What am I doing about it? The third question. I'm listening with new ears to my doctors and my wife and my kids regarding my health. Now you see where I did there, friends? I go a little deeper, okay? The overall writing question is, I want good health, but that's too broad, that's too vague. You've got to go deeper. And you're going to get to an emotional level. And what are you going to do about it? So that the three questions, the three, three questions you've got to repeat are, what do I want? How do I feel about it? And what am I doing right now about it? Okay? Repeat those three questions at least three times. Then you've got to hit the big button. And this is the big button is where we're going to go as we make our plan for 2023 and forward. The big button question is, after you've done this at least three times, is what do you need to do now? What do I, Dr. Brad Miller, need to do now moving forward in this whole process? When what am I going to do about it? Well, that's the question I ask myself moving forward. And this says, sets is a part of setting the agenda for 2023 and beyond for me. And so what I said for myself, when I hit the big button, the big button acts plan issue is the big button is I'm going to be the 2023, I'm going to be the drop dead alive guy. That is, I'm going to be the guy to kind of be the research and guinea pig and encyclopedia and the resource person for longevity and health and emotional vitality for men in their 60s. I'm 64 years old, and I want to speak to men in their 60s, and I'm sure it will help other people as well. And the goal here, where I want to accomplish here, is to live a long, good, healthy life and a productive life and a prosperous life 
to the very last day of my life, I indeed literally want to drop dead alive. I want to be laughing and hugging and have a great time with my wife and my kids and my grandkids and hopefully grandkids. And hopefully it's, (laughs) I hope to be past 100 years old when that happens. Are you with me on this, friends? I'm going to repeat the process one more time very quickly. Three questions. The cognitive one, what do you want? The effective or emotional one, how do you feel about it? The third one is the uh, is the behavioral one. What am I doing about it? What are you doing now? And the big button question is, what are you going to do about it moving forward? What do you need to do now? That's what you write down for the list of what you're going to do in 23. Do that in 23. Make a list of several things in those categories we talked about earlier. And then to apply that to your life, you use the ACTS plan, the ACTS plan. And that's, this is one I've taught for some time. I'll give it to you right now. When you hit the button, the button should activate you in these areas. The A in the, it's the word ACTS, the acronym for ACTS. The word ACTS, the A stands for action. What actual physical action are you going to do? If it means exercising, great. If it means diet, great. If it means reading a book or writing a book, great. If it means uh, date night with your wife, whatever. For me, my action is to start the Drop Dead Alive program podcast process for you and for me. I'll say more about that in a minute. And then the C in the word acts is to connect with a higher power. And this focuses on mindset and prayer. And for me, it means a daily time of mind and prayer and journaling for me. I believe you cannot have true transformation in your life if you don't have a connection to something higher than self. It cannot be just personally intrinsically motivated. It has to be from a great source greater than self and connect to that and be intentional and connect to that. I'm going to do it through prayer, meditation, and journaling. The T in the word acts, A-C-T-S, is to think strategically. This is the plan you're putting together, and this is what I'm going to help you to do as well. But my plea, my uh, T, or my uh, is to connect with leaders in the health and longevity uh, community, and to write about this, to podcast about this, and to create content for people who want to live life and drop dead alive. If you're one of those men, or one of those people, or love one of those men like that, get on my mailing list. Go to get on the drbradmiller.com. Let's get on the mailing list. Let's start this process. And the S of the process here of ACTS, A-C-T-S, is to serve others with love. And I want to serve others with love by coaching and membership and leadership of men in their 60s who do want to drop dead alive and provide podcasts and resources and courses, writing a book about all this type of thing, things like that. That's what I'm going to be about. That's my commitment to myself and to you moving forward in 2023. And I invite you to find your own process to do something similar to what I'm talking about here. Now, I know I've said a lot already, but let me just say a couple words about where we're at moving forward and what the Beyond Adversity podcast is going to be about. I'm going to be, what I've done here, this process has helped me to clarify and define and refine where I'm at. I was coached a little bit recently that my podcast, Beyond Adversity, is a little too broad. I've got these five, you know, the five Ds, and I'm going to really narrow it down right now, moving to basically as in the 5D process of the D of disease and of death, you know, having longevity. 
So I want to focus on that area in my life moving forward. In 2023, for the Beyond Adversity podcast, I'm going to be excited about this so much because it means there's a bit of shift. And I'm going to really focus in on issues of health and longevity, particularly with a focus towards men in their 60s. Okay, that's me. I'm going to increase the publication of the podcast to about three times a week, and that's going to involve interviews with great leaders. We've got some great interviews coming up, by the way. We've got Cliff Ravenscraft's going to be one of our guests in 2023. The Mindset Answer Man got some great insights for us. Scott Johnson from What Was That Like? going to tell us stories of people who have overcome adversity in their life. Several other great guests lined up. We're going to talk to people who have overcome adversity. We're also going to do some teaching out of my life, out of my experience, out of my focus in how important myself in this area of longevity. I'm going to have, you know, special editions of the Beyond Adversity podcast, which are going to be called Drop Dead Alive. It may even be a whole separate podcast called Drop Dead Alive, but we're going to focus in on that. And then I'll do some other bonus episodes. I'll have about one or two episodes a week will be interview process and learning from those folks. I have an episode of my teaching each week, then maybe a bonus episode. I'll be doing some episodes that will focus in on spiritual life and on prayer, and on fasting, and on leadership development, some of those areas that are important in transforming your life. I'll be connecting that also with a blog post at drbradymiller.com based on that weekly content. We'll have a weekly blog post and a newsletter focusing on this, and we're creating a course, 40 Days to Live, talk about 40-day process in order to get healthy and to get alive and things like this, and be creating a coaching program. It's all about serving you, my friends. Serving you, because that's what this is all about. I'm just not, you know, I've had this defining moment myself, but I want to learn and be kind of the guinea pig in this process to help serve you. You. So I'm going to pour myself into that. We'll have a YouTube channel. I'm going to put everything on video, and it's all going to be on YouTube as well as at the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You'll find everything at drbradmiller.com. Because I indeed, I am devoted to helping you to grow through what you go through, whatever adversity it is. But particularly this year, we're going to focus in on longevity issues and health and vitality and overcoming that to drop dead alive. If you want to be with me on that, uh, come join me at drbradmiller.com and get on my get on my mailing list. I'd love to have you there. Let me share with you just one last thought. I mentioned to you about uh, my granddaughters and seeing the, trying to see the image of them as when they'll be young adults. One of the reasons I do that is because they are such incredible spitting images of their mother, my daughter. And they have her personality and they have her looks and her vibe and their her energy and all that. But I can't help but think about the time when I told my daughter a terrible lie. And it's kind of stuck with me ever since. When my daughter was about four years old, her mother and I had gone through a pretty devastating divorce and involved a custody battle and some some unhappy memories. And one weekend when she was home about four years old, we were having just a great time together, just she and I. And uh, in one of those moments that I remember just as clearly now as when it happened 35 or so years ago, uh, she crawled up in my lap and she snuggled, snuggled up to me and only a daughter four-year-old daughter can and she looked up at me with those gorgeous blue eyes 
And she just said, Daddy, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to grow up, Daddy. And you know what I said to her? I told her a lie. I said, oh, honey, you don't have to grow up. Just stay the way you are. Now, I knew better. <laughs> We've talked about it since then. But at that moment, I was in the emotional moment of wanting to capture that moment, that precious, precious moment in time, and capture and encapsulate it. It's still in my memory, to be sure. Just kind of like I had my memory with my granddaughters here recently, uh, Bolin and Ed McDonald's. I wanted to capture that moment. When I saw my granddaughters, I not only captured that moment, but I also saw them moving forward. 35 years ago, I wanted to preciously encapsulate my daughter in that four-year-old moment. But guess what? She grew up and developed into a, just a beautiful, dynamic young woman and the mother now of these two great, great, wonderful grandchildren that I have. And it's, <laughs> she, my daughter means the world to me. My two sons mean the world to me. My wife means the world to me. And those two granddaughters mean the world to me. But the lesson I learned 35 years ago from my daughter is that I can't stop her from growing and changing. I don't really want to. At the moment, I thought I did. But don't lie about it. I should have said something about, oh, honey, I love you just the way you are, but you're always going to be my daughter no matter what growing up and cherish that. I do cherish that. But my message to myself now and to you is that, yeah, 2023 is a year of change. Whether you embrace it or not, it is a year of change. Google says a year of change. But the idea of Google said, the question people are asking is, how can I change? And I think that maybe I can help you and we can help each other in changing together for the better for 2023. And I'm going to teach more about my process to help you to change your life for the better. I invite you to come with me because I love you and I want to serve you. I want to pour myself into your life and for us to go through this journey of 2023 together. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. I come to you at drbradmiller.com. From the Loft Studios, just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. And I love my life, and I'm going to have a long and healthy and vibrant life. And I know, because I'm devoted to this process, that I am going to drop dead alive. And I hope that many of you will come with me. I'm devoted to helping you indeed to overcome adversity. To live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. And to help you grow through what you go through. I wish you a happy and prosperous and wonderful new year of 2023. Let's go through some things together. This is Dr. Brad Miller from drbradmiller.com. Until next time, good people, remember to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.